Hi everyone, uh, my name is James Norris and I'm the founder of the Digital Legacy Association that raises awareness around the importance of planning for death in today's digital world. Um, and I'm also the founder of the End of Life and Digital Legacy Planning Tool, My Wishes. And why did you set up the Digital Legacy Association? So um, many moons ago, I was working uh, for a charity um, and healthcare marketing agency. And as part of the research, um, I came across a video by the late Bob Monkhouse. Uh, it was a TV commercial, and it starts by him saying something like, uh, three years on, just when you thought it was safe to turn on your television, I'm back. And it's really powerful and poignant because the video appears to have been created in the context of it being shown after his after his death. And he's passing on some words of wisdom. He's uh, He keeps the same um, kind of dad jokes and the same delivery um, of his lines um, that you know you would expect from Bob Monkhouse uh, when he was doing a TV show or a comedy sketch um, but he had purpose appeared as if purposefully created it to be shown uh, after his death and he was also through comedy um, and through video able to, to say look guys if you're of a certain age get yourself tested for prostate cancer he says something like, it's too late for me, it's not too late for you. He's leant up against what appears to be his headstone, and then he kind of fades into uh, almost like a ghost-like image and the camera pans, you know, the end of the, the, the cemetery. And <clears throat> I thought, now with social media, we should all be able to pass down our own words of wisdom. And with the birth of social media that, had came after, really after Bob Monkhouse's death. Um, I thought we all have influence within social networks, within Facebook, within Twitter, uh, and our own social spheres. So we should be able to say goodbye, just like Bob did, um, but using um, the technologies that exist. So that led to the development of a tool called Dead Social. And Dead Social ultimately was like a a Victorian memory box. So you create a series of goodbye messages, you assign your digital executor. So for example, my digital executors are my two brothers. And um, when I died, they're able to uh, confirm that I have died when, the, you know, when they're ready to do so. And uh, my goodbye message is sent out immediately. And then any scheduled messages are, are scheduled for the future. Now that tool dead social is now one of the many tools in in my wishes um but um you know it was a, a way in which um you know a creative way in which people could say goodbye to their loved ones almost like you might be able to say goodbye to your loved ones on your deathbed but you'd be saying goodbye to your friends and family uh, who wouldn't be beside you um if you were to die um with people around you um or if you were to die suddenly and uh, digital legacy back then was kind of like a, a sci-fi-ish kind of concept. And I think after we released it, the first time we were in The Guardian, uh, it was because of Black Mirror and they were making parallel um, narratives between an episode and Dead Social. Um, and, um, but over the kind of years, um, different charities started reaching out because um, they could see the value in this area. So 
Um, in 2015, um, we, after some research and development, um, we launched the Digital Legacy Association specifically to raise awareness around the importance of planning for death digitally, um, but with a core focus on training, raising awareness um, and empowering society to make plans. Let's face it, we all have a social footprint and a digital footprint. Why is it so important that people curate and make a plan for this before the end of life? So I, I think it's because the way in which we live is increasingly moving from this kind of physical space to the digital space. So um, when I was at university, for example, the photos that we took were on mobile phones. Um, the, um, you know, the content was digital. Um, and with that content being digitized, you know, we don't have that paper trail as much anymore. Um, so, you know, you could, and it is called our digital legacy, you know, the, the information that remains online about us is our digital legacy. And it can be created by us, it can be co-created by us, um, it can be co-curated by us. So, for example, um, if I were to post something on Facebook and somebody comments and there's, you know, we co-curate something together, that could, that can happen. And then our digital legacy can also be influenced, you know, by others at any point, but it can also be influenced by others after our death as well. Um, but trying to safeguard things that are important to you um, is important for us um, as an individual um, for a well-being perspective. So we know that that content is there and we know that it's protected, but it's also important for anything from bereavement um, and making sure that loved ones are able to access information after we die. And then also from a monetary perspective as well. So, you know, if we've got um, digital assets that are worth money, um, that they are safeguarded and that they are passed on. So there's a whole range of reasons why, to begin with, we should think about and plan for our digital legacy. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's just a case of trying to work out um, at an individual level what platforms you use, um, what is important to you, and what also might be important to uh, your loved ones. So, for example, if I was to have died yesterday and I didn't place a high value on my digital legacy and, you know, I, I was of the thinking perhaps after I die, I don't mind what happens to my social media accounts. I don't mind all of these other things. It doesn't matter because I'm dead. Um, it might, you know, from, from my perspective, I might be okay with that. But my family, my friends, et cetera, um, if that content were to be removed, uh, they might find it hard to, um, to accept that. They might have feelings of secondary loss because there was photos that was available on, on social networks, um, et cetera, um, and they're no longer there. My um, great grandparents have... We've only got one photo of them. They were from the uh, Faroe Islands and uh, it was on their wedding day. And the reason why that photo still exists is because um, multiple copies were created. Um, they, were, they were framed. So it gave it a layer of protection. And through these different processes, by it being spread to different family members, um, that physical asset, that photo 
has survived for more than a hundred years. And um, from the digital side, so if, for example, way back when um, they didn't print it multiple times and it was uploaded to the social network of the day, um, let's call it fairwildlandsbook.com, um, would that social network still exist? Would that photo still exist? Would it have been compressed to a smaller size? Would all of our family members have it? And would our family members know the story behind it? So when it comes to you know thinking about our digital legacy, we should think about how it also uh, influences our, our, our legacy because the two are intertwined, they work together. Um, and our digital legacy, so the, the digital content that we upload won't last forever. There's no such thing as a digital eternity or anything like that. There's only digital longevity. Um, and just like the photo that of our great grandparents, one day that those photos will no longer exist. And one day the content that we're creating and we're uploading to various different sites um, that form part of our digital legacy won't exist. So all we can really do is to think of, again, going back to the example of having a photo frame with a glass over it, there's different things that we can do within the digital space that helps increase, um, let's say a digital photo or digital movies longevity. Um, again, you might want to print it. You might want to share perhaps your favorite 20 photos and uh, write the story. So there's context around it. So it's not just an image, there's a story behind it. Um, so there's different things that we can do to help ensure that um, our content remains um, and that our loved ones are able to access it when we're not here. Okay, so with many more people living their lives on Instagram, perhaps, or Facebook or TikTok, what's the current state of play when someone dies to those accounts? So every um, social network and every online account has got its own terms of service. Uh, on the Digital Legacy Association website, we've got a few uh, for the public section, and there's a range of different tutorials on there that go through what you can do uh, on the main platforms and the main devices that we use uh, in the UK. Um, and then there's, we also have created different tutorials where we've kind of reimagined some of the tools that exist um, that empower people to think about them within the context of, of end of life and within the context of planning. So for example, um, if uh, let's say I was um, a young mother and um, I was diagnosed with a terminal illness and my child um, was didn't use Facebook, that perhaps they were too young um, and my photos were uploaded to Facebook. What we could do is, uh, what she could do in, in that circumstance is go to um, Facebook's uh, settings section and download a complete archive of her photos because Facebook's uh, terms of service allows you to do that. And Facebook's platform has got the feature in it that allows you to do that. Um, Instagram that you mentioned as well, you can download a complete copy and a complete archive of your content. Uh, other social networks don't allow you to do that. So it's important to think about uh, when it comes to these different platforms, whichever ones you might use, um, you know, what the value is of, you know, all of that content that, that you've put on there. And what the value is of specific 
pieces of content that might be on there. So if, for example, you've got an old MySpace account and there isn't any real photos or videos on there that you like, but there's one amazing photo that means a lot to you, then you should perhaps download it um, and share it, maybe even then re-upload it to a different social network that you use. So yeah, so in short, it's it's important that we kind of understand the different platforms that, that we're using, uh, but then what to do um, on those platforms uh, in order to safeguard the content that's that's on there. And currently, how long would some of those social media organizations hold on to that content? So after death, for example, friends, family may well visit their social media page. It becomes as a bit of a place of memoriam. People put comments, maybe lovely things and memories. How long is that social media account held open when someone's died? Again, I mean, it, it varies from platform to platform. So um, this year, there's been a few announcements that, uh, for example, um, Google, for example, said that um, inactive accounts would start to be removed after 12 months. Um, Twitter have got a similar policy uh, that they announced. Um, WordPress, so if you've got your own WordPress site or blog, um, very recently, they just announced that you can have, uh, if you pay some, I think it's like $36,000, you can have um, a hosting for your website for 100 years. But again, I mean, ultimately, it, it's totally down to the social network and the terms of service that they have at the moment, in, at this moment in time, or what it might evolve to in the future. Um, because you know these platforms that we're using um they're not they you know their, their role although they do understand the value of you know social networks in terms of uh being places where loved ones can be remembered um that's not their role that's not their purpose their purpose is to uh for, for the living ultimately um but um because of the way in which we are so um, used to and, and, and so familiar with different social networks now, and we do use them to archive our lives. Um, there's almost, um, you know, an unwritten rule now that, you know, when there's a, a, a big social network where lots of photos and videos are there, there has to be a way in which people can access those photos and videos after somebody dies, if they want that to happen. So, Again, it's really just a case of uh, making sure that um, each, every, all of us understand that, you know, again, the photos that we upload to these various sites uh, can be used after, after we die. Um, my housemate from university uh, who died of adult sudden death syndrome, um, the photos that I look at of him are on his Facebook account. You know, I don't have many printed photos again because we took digital photos. Um, so that, so for me, being able to see his photos on Facebook is is important. Um, but you know, we don't know, and I don't know um, how long those photos will be there for. Um, but I, I, they they might not be there for hundreds of years. Uh, they might not it last as long as the photo of my of my great grandparents. Um, but these social networks are increasingly important, especially for loved ones after somebody dies. And the normalization of grieving online 
um, has really become apparent over the last few years. Um, as you know, I, I think everybody now who's been on a social network for a significant amount of time will know at least one person who's died. They will, you know, have at least perhaps one story, whether they're happy to share it or not, um, about um, accessing and viewing a loved one or a friend or a family or a colleague um, and looking at their photos and, and their digital footprint and their digital legacy online. What practical top sort of five tips can you share in terms of planning ahead? The first one is think about your passwords. So um, there isn't a one, you know, like a, a, a best practice to passing on passwords or to providing access. Um, so for some people, it might just be a case of telling their partner their mobile phone password, um, and that will enable them to perhaps look at the photos on the phone or, or look at um, the phone book to be able to arrange a funeral for that person. Um, a second tip would just be to uh, learn about the social networks and the online accounts that you use. Um, and um, then, you know, by re through reflection, uh, be able to uh, start to make plans for them. Um, you might want to um, then document your online accounts, perhaps on the digital will section on my wishes, which is free to use, um, or a different will writing tool um, or, or, or a form of some description. But again, for some people, uh, they prefer to, to you know, think about and uh, document their wishes offline. Other people prefer to do it online. So again, based on you know, your own uh, preference, you know, make sure that you do make a plan and make sure that you perhaps have conversations with um, your loved ones about, about this. Um, I'd recommend um, making sure that if you've got um, online only uh, financial accounts where there isn't a paper trail uh, to think about, as well as the, the kind of the sentimental content that we create and the photos and the videos think about how um your perhaps things that are of a monetary value that reside online might be accessed and something that um people quite often forget about as well is um they might um tell somebody the password for one or two of their um online accounts or they might grant access through a platform that allows you to share access um but they don't do it for all so i would say yeah just you know think about it and um think about the importance that you place on your own digital footprint that you're using today think about the value that you will perhaps place on your digital legacy um if, if you were to conceptualize a life um, and what happens following your death and then think about your loved ones and what kind of value they would place on your digital assets and the photos and the videos um, and the other assets that you may have created and you might be saving and storing um, following your following your death. If it's loved ones who are dealing with the estate or the wishes of somebody who perhaps hasn't considered their digital legacy what advice can you give them? There's there's lots of things that that can still be still be done. So, for example, um, 
when uh, somebody has uh, uploaded photos to a social network as their profile photos, um, you know, again, we're talking about the content and the assets that, that meant something to, in this case, now the person who's died. So for me, I've uploaded photos for my profile photo to Facebook. And um, if I were to die today um, and I hadn't made a plan and said which photos were important, um, my next of kin, my loved ones, et cetera, would be able to go to my Facebook account and see some of the photos that's available there um, and download that, that content. Um, so there's little things like that um, that we can do on, on a smaller level. Uh, when it comes to um, accessing devices and accounts, um, you can, again, depending on which accounts um, the person who's died used, will depend on whether or not uh, support will be kind of provided. Um, but uh, generally speaking, um, most social networks um, have entered into an agreement with um, the individual and if they didn't make plans then they will not grant access to to somebody else to be able to um, access their their account especially their full account because they wouldn't have known whether or not um, let's say their their next of kin uh, whether whether or not they would have wanted the person to have allowed their next of kin to look at their messages um, again it's the same with devices so if you've got a mobile phone and you go to your local phone shop and say this was the phone of my partner. Um, they've now died. I would like to be able to use the phone in order to arrange a funeral. They, you know, they wouldn't, they can't unlock it for the, for that person because again, they don't know whether or not um, that person would have wanted that to happen. And because of that, you know, the terms of service of these different platforms have kind of uh, taken that rule um, as the general kind of rule of thumb um, for when plans haven't been made and access hasn't been granted. What role do you think social media platforms and digital legacies play in the kind of development and the process of grief and bereavement? So they, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously the, the internet's changed many things. It's changed um, many things in terms of how we access information um, but at the same time, it's um, it's still a lot of the things that we're doing in the digital space we did beforehand. There were behaviours that um, we followed uh, before the internet was here. So, for example, uh, me looking at uh, somebody's Instagram account um, who's died is not that dissimilar to me looking at a photo album, um, looking at photos of somebody who's died. Um, so, um, you know, with the development of um, AI at the moment, um, there's, there's a big kind of debate about, you know, um, AI changing somebody's digital legacy. So, you know, it's because it's um, with certain tools online. Um, if I, again, let's say, for example, I was to have died yesterday and um, somebody thought that it would be uh, nice to... Uh, create an AI version of me um, and you could ask me questions and I would respond, you know, as I might have responded when I was alive. Um, you know, they're using technology to remember 
Um, and in this circumstance, it's kind of altering our, our digital legacy. Um, so there's these questions about, you know, what that person's true legacy is um, and what what was actually um, uh, what that person done in their life and what they actually said. Um, and then you've got this, uh, this other side that's kind of evolving now, which kind of takes that information and tries to um, tries tries to, to ensure that, you know, your digital legacy can kind of be interactive in some way, shape or form. Um, so, you know, the, the technology will change, but again, there might've been an argument that, you know, um, AI, again, there might be similarities with the Victorian, so with the Victorian mentality when photos came along. Um, you know, some people thought that um, photographs were uh, captured the soul and the spirit uh, when uh, when the photo was taken and they saw it as something um, to be scared of and something not to embrace. And you might have as the counter argument for um, AI and digital legacy, you know, similarities between that and what's going on in AI at the moment. But uh, I mean, social networks will continue to um, be important. They're increasingly becoming, you know, um, the main places where people go to remember loved ones. It's the place where, um, you know, we can rapidly access content. Uh, it's where we're spending a lot of our times when we're and, and our life when we're alive. Um, so it's kind of quite natural for us to go back to these spaces um, and to use these spaces to remember loved ones uh, after we die. So the value, and according to the digital death survey as well um the value um and looking at the year-on-year -year data um the uh, the value that we place on our social media accounts is is increasing um and the um you know the value of that to society as well is is increasing um but yeah just going back to an earlier original point that um it these spaces are very important for us but we should back up, we should make sure that our content is safe in different locations, we should think what's best for us, um, and we should think what's best for our, our loved ones um, are following our death, um, and what we can and can't do with, with our different accounts, and what we can and can't do with the assets that are contained within them. We've seen a few emergence of new technologies, such as the deep fakes, um, the chatbot AI, the possibilities are endless and growing every day. And some of the things that seemed science fiction are now a reality. How can we ensure that we are part of the debate in shaping how our digital legacies are regulated and how they're safeguarded? So, I mean, there's different things. So at an individual level, if you've got, you know, a wish that you wouldn't want that to happen to you, so you wouldn't want, let's say, um, deep fake to be created about you following your 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 death again i mean this sounds quite sci-fi in itself but you might say to your family members or you might write within your social media world that you don't want that to happen um but in terms of shaping the conversation around these things um it's really hard because the technology is developing quicker than policy um and yeah so i mean it's um there are ways and you know you can work with um you know speak with different groups and associations that 
um, you know, campaign and, and, and look at these things. Um, I mean, we highlight how you can make plans for yourself um, and we do do some policy work, but not specifically around, you know, uh, ensuring that people who don't want to um, be part of something that and, and some of the things that, as, as you say, it's developing and it's all, all it's kind of exploded quite a lot recently. You know, we can't imagine what some of the things that that will take place and some of the things that are being developed and will be developed in the future so yeah so it's it's i think um it's a case of documenting what what you want and what you do not want uh, for yourself um and then if you feel strongly enough to uh, want to take a stand against certain uh, areas of technology that you find would be upsetting um or you find that might be inappropriate then um, find others like you who who would want to uh, take on that um, take take on that task and and collaborate and work together. Brilliant. If anyone is feeling worried or concerned about how they make a start in shaping their digital legacy, where can you direct them? So um, the first thing would be to go to um, the Digital Legacy Association for the public section. Uh, where there's different tutorials um, and pieces of information. Um, if you want to document things such as, you know, anything from your social media will, your funeral wishes, your bucket list, your funeral playlist, etc., um, you can go to my wishes and that's free to use. Um, and then when it comes to um, learning and actually implementing some of these things, um, learn about and, and visit the, the platforms that you use today um and um make plans for those for those areas something you can also do is um go to google and type into google your name and in google there's like a little filter section um and if you change the filter to your local area um you can um search for um, content that's been created about you and photos that have been created and uh, that are tagged with your name on uh, within that area. Uh, you might want to do a more wider search because let's say, for example, I uploaded my photo to uh, MySpace um, and it's hosted in America. I wouldn't necessarily know where I lived then and where I live now. So you can do an image search to see which photos exist online about you. Um, and you might want to then, uh, if, you know, once you found the source, so if, for example, there was a photo of me uh, that is still online that I didn't like um, and I wanted to get it removed, I would go click on the image through Google or a different search engine. And once I've clicked on it, um, find the source. And let's say, for example, it's on Flickr. I could then uh, find out my old Flickr uh, password, go to that place and delete it uh, at the same time I might really like that photo and think oh that photo is amazing um, I want to download a copy of it so you can do things um, you know that proactively where you can look at what exists now within your digital footprint that ultimately will form part of your digital legacy um, after you die so uh, you might want to yes as well as going to Digital Legacy Association my wishes um, and the um, various social networks and online accounts that you use, uh, you might want to yeah, use Google to try and see what's 
out there about you at this moment in time and um, edit, alter, delete um, what's there or back it up and make sure that your loved ones and other people uh, will be able to access it should um, that social network and should that content no longer be available.